According to Trent Griffith, a true disciple submits to Jesus as Lord and Master. You know, before you can follow on, there's a requirement. You must fall down. The first step you take in discipleship is not with your feet. It's with your knees. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Gospel City Church in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. Think about this with me. We often talk about following someone on social media. We might talk about how many followers we have or how many followers our friends have. But is there a difference between social media follows and the biblical concept of becoming a follower or a disciple of Jesus? I think there is. Here on Resonate, Pastor Trent is in a series called All Things New. So let's review some of what we heard last week, and then we'll conclude his message on the making of a disciple. Here's Pastor Trent. There are no Christians who are not also disciples. Christians follow Jesus. Those who are born again follow Jesus. Real evangelicals follow Jesus. They are disciples. And so they've heard the voice of Jesus. And secondly, they've turned from their sinful condition. The reality is this. Everybody is following someone or something. We all want to be influenced by others. And so whether it's a, a celebrity or an artist or a politician or a preacher or, or an author, we, we all are being influenced by others. You know what? Jesus is not interested in being one of the people you follow. He demands you to turn your back on every other voice and follow him. And unless you do that, you cannot be a Christ follower. We've turned from our sinful condition. We've trusted Christ as Savior. And then we are being continually transformed as we follow him, making disciples of others. It's not just about this one-on-one relationship with Jesus. We are now following him on the mission that he is involved in in the world. Are you a disciple? Well, we need to see what a disciple does, how a disciple responds. And so we're going to see these four things from the life of the very first disciple, Simon, here in this passage. So here's point number one. Disciples hunger for the word of God. Luke is very specific about what the ministry of Jesus was. And even though he records over and over these miracles that he does, healing the sick and and feeding the hungry and and casting out demons, he's very specific that he came for the purpose of preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And it says here in verse 1, these people pressed in upon him, Jesus, because they wanted to hear the word of God. Jesus was speaking the word of God. Disciples are hungry for the word of God. This is great news for people that populate planet earth. You know why? We don't have to imagine what God is like. We don't have to make up a view of God. We have a God who has spoken to us. He's learned our language. He has 
He has humbled himself to speak to us, to tell us his will and his ways. And Jesus was preaching the word of God as he spoke, God spoke. Jesus was speaking as God, the word of God, and people hungered to hear it. Let me ask you, what is your relationship with the word of God. We don't live during the three-year ministry that Jesus was physically, audibly teaching the word of God. Um, They had no digital recordings, and so we can't turn on YouTube and hear the message. We have to rely upon the written word of God and the messengers like Luke that accurately recorded the word of God. What is your relationship to this book? Are you listening to the word of God? A true disciple opens his Bible, puts his face in the middle of this. He reads it. He studies it. He meditates on it. He memorizes it. Are you listening to the word of God? Let me ask you this. Press in a little more. When was the last time you opened your Bible? If the last time you opened your Bible was last Sunday when Pastor Trent said, open your Bible... I have every right to challenge you as to whether or not you're a disciple of Jesus. What is your relationship to this word of God? God has spoken, and a true disciple hungers for the word of God. Not only does he listen to the word of God, he learns from the word of God. Notice what Jesus said uh, down here in in verse 3. It says, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Do you understand that following Jesus is a learned behavior? Disciples must be taught. We are not born with the ability to follow Jesus. We have to be taught by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, leading us to take steps in the direction Jesus is moving. It's a learned behavior. And so we listen to the word of God. We learn from the word of God. And then we are transformed and renewed by the word of God. It's not just about collecting information. It's about that information producing transformation as we obey it. Every time I open the Bible, I'm encouraged. I'm warned. I'm steered. I'm rebuked. I'm sharpened. I'm shaped. Disciples view the world around them through the lens of the Word of God. We watch the news through the lens of the Word of God. And when we see a mass shooting or we find out about a conflict in the Middle East or or anything else that puts itself in front of us on the headlines, we view all of that through the Word of God. Disciples hunger for the Word of God. Secondly, disciples trust Jesus' absolute control. The story picks up now in verse 4, and it says, And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for the catch. Now, 
Simon was a professional fisherman. Is there anybody else in here that would identify yourself as a fisherman? Raise your hand if you would say, I am a fisherman. We have one fisherman down here. We have two, um, three. I I am the furthest thing from a fisherman. I, I call myself fish repellent. I have gone in boats with real fishermen, and even the real fishermen can't catch anything when I'm in the boat for some reason. I'm, I'm fish repellent. Now, he, here is Simon. He has learned to catch fish. His livelihood is dependent upon his ability to get a fish out of the water and into the boat and then to sell said fish for money. He's not catching fish because he wants to eat them. He's catching fish because he wants to sell them so he can make money. That's his livelihood. And so here comes Jesus. This professional fisherman has been an absolute loser the night before at his profession. No fish. Jesus shows up and begins to give him advice on his fishing technique. Jesus is not a professional fisherman. Jesus is a woodworker. Maybe he built the boat, but he doesn't know how to catch fish. Unless, of course, you actually created the fish. And you have absolute control over the fish. Now, Jesus could have commanded the fish to come to Peter. Jesus could have had the fish jump out of the water into Peter's boat. That's not what he does. He tells Peter to move. He tells him to move to a deeper place. It's a characteristic of a true disciple. He's always moving to a deeper place with Jesus at the direction of Jesus. Now, this is really cool for me because seriously, two weeks ago, I was on a boat on the Sea of Galilee. Okay? It's not a huge lake. It's about 13 miles by 9 miles. You can actually see from end to end. It's not huge. And apparently when he meets Simon, Simon's at a shallow place, and he tells him to launch out into the deep. Now, what you have to know about the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee is the lowest freshwater lake in the entire world. It actually sits 685 feet below sea level. And at its deepest point, it's about 140 feet deep. And Jesus says, that's where you're going to have to go if you want to see anything miraculous happen in your life. It's a great illustration for so many people in this room. If the truth was known, you are content swimming in the shallow places of casual, safe Christianity. And you're wondering why God seems so far off. Why don't I ever see anything miraculous happen? If you want to see something miraculous happen, you got to move from the shallow into the pool and go deeper. Some of you have walked with Jesus for 30 years. Guess what? Today, Jesus is calling you to go deeper. No matter how deep you have gone, there is always a call from Jesus to go to a deeper place in your walk with him. And so notice what Peter says in response to Jesus. Verse 5, and Simon answered, Master, we've toiled all night. We took nothing, but at 
your word, I will. That is the language of a true disciple. Some of you are here this morning, and honestly, you'd say, Trent, I am absolutely exhausted. I have been walking with Jesus for so long. Why can I just get a little rest? Maybe I can sleep in on Sunday morning. I'm just so, I've been serving so long, and I'm so worn out, I'm exhausted. But you know what a true disciple says? At your word. I will scrape myself off my bed. I will get to the gathering place where Jesus is worshiped because I don't want to miss anything or any place he wants to take me deeper. Some of you are absolutely financially an embarrassment. You're broke. You say, Trent, I can't follow Jesus. I got no resources. I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. I'm overspent. There's not room in the budget. I don't know how we're going to make ends meet financially. You know what a true disciple says? At your word, I will give sacrificially. At your word, I will write a check and transfer what God has given me so that I can be involved in what God is doing in the world, making disciples. Not because I can figure it out, not because it makes any sense. I've tried to make it make sense on paper. I can't. But at your word, I will obey and go deeper in my giving. Some of you would say, I'm hurt. I've been abused, I've been a victim, I've been mistreated, I've been neglected, I've been wounded. But a true disciple says, at your word, even though it doesn't make any sense, I will forgive, I will love, I will engage people, and I will allow Jesus to be my protector. Some of you would say, I am done with my marriage. I've lost all my feelings. I don't see any hope that it's ever gonna change. But at your word, I will serve, I will honor, I will mirror the glory of God. I will forgive as one who has been greatly forgiven and greatly loved by God. I will bend the blessing of my love relationship with Jesus out to the one that I promised to spend the rest of my life with at your word. Some of you would say, I'm scared. I know God's calling me deeper and I don't know, I don't have the ability. I'm incapable. I'm underqualified, but I sense that God is leading me to do something on mission with him. And you would say, at your word, I will take the next step. I'll lead that small group. I'll enroll that class. I'll take that seminary course. I will prepare for ministry. I'll go on that mission trip. I'll go into downtown and partner with Transformation Ministries just so I can get out of my safe, shallow, comfortable Christianity. At your word. That's what a true disciple does. Sounds scary, doesn't it? Look here at verse 7. And they signal to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. This is great news. We don't follow Jesus alone. We have partners that are following Jesus as well. And when our boat is about to sink, we can shout and wave our hands and say, get over here, I need some help. Why do you want to be a member of a church? Because your boat's going to sink. 
And you're going to need some partners to come over there and help you in the crisis. It's not enough just to come and float in on Sunday morning and be disconnected and just kind of consume around here. You need to be in a small group. You need to have one-on-one -on -one discipleship relationship so that you are known and loved and others can help you at a time of crisis. Disciples trust Jesus. Absolute authority. Thirdly, disciples have a growing awareness of their sinfulness. Look at verse 8. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. You know, before you can follow on, there's a requirement. You must fall down. The first step you take in discipleship is not with your feet. It's with your knees. You know, think about what was going through Peter's mind, okay? He just realized, all of my ability has produced nothing. Jesus has just overwhelmed him with an abundance, giving him more than he had ever had. He's probably feeling like a loser on that morning he meets Jesus. But his response to Jesus when Jesus gives him the blessing is not, Jesus, thank you. I feel so much better about myself. I, I needed a little energy boost and, and, and you helped me not give up on myself. You gave me hope for a better day. That was not the response of Peter. What was it? He felt absolutely horrible about himself. If you think coming to Jesus is going to be a boost to your self-esteem, you are following the wrong Jesus. Everyone who ever had an encounter with the holiness of God became immediately aware of their sinfulness before him. And before you can be a follower of Jesus, you have to be brought face to face with the reality of your sin. Peter, I don't know what he did the night before. Maybe he was hanging out in the bars. Maybe he had a one-night stand. But there was something about his life that he was convicted by the way that he'd been living. And he actually said to Jesus, get away from me. Why? Because of the intensity of the conviction in his presence. And yet, in love, what did Jesus do? I'm not moving. I'm coming after you. In grace, in love, I want you, sinful man, to follow me. Jesus could have had his pick of anybody he wanted. He could have gone to the temple and got one of the religious leaders to follow him. But he went to a sinful guy. Does that give you hope? Based on the way you lived last week, Jesus invites you to come and follow him as a sinful man. And the closer you get to Jesus, the more aware of your sinfulness you become. That's why a lot of people do not want a discipleship relationship with Jesus. Because every encounter with Jesus brings you face to face with your sin. I just wanted to feel better about myself when I came to church. You're in the wrong church. We're making disciples around here where we are continually confronted with our sinfulness. Here's the last thing. Disciples make disciples. Look at verse 10. 
And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. I'm like, you think that's a lot of fish? You're going to catch a lot of men. You're going to make disciples. You're going to multiply disciples greater than the number of fish. In verse 11, he says, when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. Now think about that. Jesus had just blessed them with more than they had ever had. He prospered them. He buried them in prosperity. And then he looks at them and says, leave it. You know what the lesson is? Jesus didn't bless them so that they could consume the blessing on themselves. Jesus blessed them so that they could be a distributor of the blessing. The fish weren't for Peter, James, and John. The fish were for the people on the shore. And in order for Peter to follow Jesus, he had to leave everything. The fish, the boats, the business, the people. The more abundance you have, the harder it is to leave it to follow Jesus. You know what that means? Your success, your prosperity, may be the thing that destroys your ability to follow Jesus. Unless you are willing to understand, this is not given to me to consume. This is given to me to distribute, to make disciples of others. My question to you is this, are you really a disciple? Or are you just a consumer of God's blessings? One of the things that we've learned in 10 years of planting this church and watching it grow and just watching hundreds and hundreds of people come and be a part of our church, we, we are blessed around here. We've seen miraculous things happen around here. There's been an abundance of men and women. We're collecting and gathering. The, the nets are breaking around here, in case you haven't noticed. But we've noticed this. Bigger churches are more likely to attract consumers. Disciples fight consumerism with everything they have. And if all you want to be is a consumer of the spiritual groceries that are distributed around here, you're never going to follow Jesus into a deeper discipleship relationship. Are you a consumer? Or are you a disciple maker? Disciples make disciples. Based on that one statement, can you really say you're a disciple? Who are the people you are investing in? Who are the people that you are teaching? Who are the people that you are loving and praying for and sending and encouraging and warning? Disciples pray 
to make more disciples. Disciples give to make more disciples. Disciples go and are sent to make more disciples. The very purpose of our lives, according to Jesus, is to catch others, to make others followers of Jesus. Disciples lead their families to follow Jesus. They lead their families in worship. They lead their families in Bible reading. They lead their families by challenging them and coaching them and warning them and correcting them and praying for them. Disciples meet with one another in small groups. Disciples lead small groups. Disciples meet one-on-one with others, maybe a text message or a phone call or a coffee meeting to help somebody take their next step toward Jesus. Disciples go on mission trips. Disciples cross socioeconomic boundaries and go to hard places that they would never otherwise go, even if it's just five miles from your house, to go into the downtown areas of South Bend and to partner with like people like Transformation Ministries and our friends down there to make disciples of others. Disciples go to the nations and other people groups. Disciples train pastors and disciples plant churches. Are you a disciple? Are you a consumer? Let's bow our heads. I just want to give you a moment to hear the Word of God, to hear Jesus calling you. What is the next step? For some of you, it means I need to forgive the hurt. For some of you, it means I need to lead a small group. For some of you, I need to lead my family in prayer. For some of you, you need to enroll in seminary. For some of you, you need to go plant a church. Some of you need to go help Elkhart plant that campus. Some of you need to go to an unreached people group. I don't know. A disciple is one who leaves everything, is willing to go anywhere at any time to speak to anyone the words of Jesus so that you and that disciple can gain everything that matters. What is the next step that Jesus wants you to take? For some of you, you've never taken your first step toward Jesus. You've never been saved. You've never become a Christian. You've never been born again. And this is the decisive moment for you to turn from whatever else you're following by faith, trust, and follow Jesus. For the rest of us, most of us here, we've been following Jesus, but Jesus is calling you deeper. Get out of the shallow end of the pool. How would God call you to follow? So following Jesus is a lot more serious than following like the Do Perfect YouTube channel, isn't it? There's commitment and sacrifice involved in being a disciple of Jesus. You know, Peter, James, and John, they realized that and it changed their lives forever. Why don't you let us know what steps you're taking to become an all-in Christ follower? There's an area on our website that you can send us a message. Just go to mygospelcity.org resonate. Tell us how God is working in your heart. Again, you can send us a message at mygospelcity.org resonate. 
And if you're looking for a church where you can plug in and learn to grow and serve, just like Pastor Trent was talking about today, why not visit Gospel City Church for a worship service? We meet multiple times each Sunday in multiple locations. For more information about service times and locations, just go to mygospelcity.org and click or tap where it says, I'm new here. Again, that's mygospelcity.org. Our Facebook page is simply Gospel City Church. Well, next week on Resonate, Pastor Trent continues his teaching from the Gospel of Luke, specifically the healing ministry of Jesus. He shows us the connection between sin and disease. I hope you'll join us for that. Well, thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and it's my prayer that God's Word would resonate in your heart this week as you follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a ministry of Gospel City Church. Visit us online at mygospelcity.org.